All right. Now, you know what? We're all around the table here. Let's not go that stuff around. Yeah. That, that was a, an, an applause-worthy announcement, wasn't it? <laughs> My name is Peter Galt. I'm the host and creator of Civil Tension today, and we are here with uh, co-host... John Glancy. Co-host... Ken Nicholson. And guests to my right... Kent Jones. Bill Hussey. Dan Zwick. Jerry Settles. Don Coach Papa. Awesome. And we actually... The topic this week is talking versus tweeting, which is incredibly simplistic in its form. But the whole idea is how people communicate over being in person or behind a device. And would you say the things you say to someone's face that you say over Twitter or Facebook or even LinkedIn, which is supposed to be professional, but most of the time it is. I think it's equally as hard. I don't know what's coming across you what I think. I think it's equally as hard not LinkedIn is to speak back through media. You know, I mean, I had a friend that just posted something I thought was pretty stupid on Facebook, and 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 I just so wanted to, to reply back, dude, you. You really don't know what you're talking about. Decided to refrain and hold yep. back from that because, you know, we see how people get into these you get arguments, in. you know, and then all of a sudden realize, boy, do I look stupid, and then it just all of a sudden the story's gone. Well, like I think I shared from the uh, great philosopher Danny Partridge, never get into a battle of wits with an unarmed man. That's my approach <laughs> to those people on Facebook. Or unarmed woman. I, or I, unarmed woman, yeah. i got to ask... At this table right now, how many people do not have a Twitter account? I don't. I have okay, one, two, two three, four, use. five out of nine. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, you guys are so eight, old. Uh, <laughs> many, but, so we are unarmed. In this <laughs> you didn't ask the question right. He's got more one. than one. Yeah. They raised their hand. Yeah. And, uh, so one, two, three. You can three. find me <laughs> but, uh, at the real Donald. Well, when I grew up, a twit was somebody who was really kind of stupid. <laughs> and so and a twitter is. was somebody who was stupider. Uh, so I always find that interesting. Well, well some level that continues to bear itself out. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Well, it's, it, it is interesting. And the reason caught my attention was there was a story that I'd started to talk about a little bit earlier, but a fellow who has a little over 50,000 followers on Twitter was talking with a an independent reporter who has a little over 60,000 followers. And what is important? How do you decide what you're going to tweet, retweet, especially the retweet? Do you actually investigate or you go, yeah, that really pushed my button. Pow, I hit my finger, hit that retweet button so fast. I'm the fastest finger in the West. Pow, pow. But it was interesting that she said, well, no, wait. First of all, who did it come from? She's going to go look at their Twitter page and see what it's all about. What did they say about it? Is it fact-based or is it opinion-based? And then what did they tweet? Was it a link, a video, whatever? I'm going to look at that and say, is that in itself fact-based? What's the source? Where did it come from? Is it factual? Is it opinion Imagine that, mm -hmm. uh, deciding whether something is a fact versus it's simply an opinion about a thing. And then once all that has been done, then she'll decide whether or not she's going to retweet it. Three months later. Three months later. <laughs> yeah. In, 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 you know, in the, in the world of instant gratification, instant communication gratification. So three months later, it's kind of... Three months later. Yeah. Well, that's 30 minutes retweets. later. It's obsolete. If, if, that's do you do that? Tweet. And, you know, and on civil twenchin, twenchin. Civil twenchin. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
Swivel what? 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 Swivel we have a little. We we we're fighting to get closer and closer to seven thousand. We're a little. We're we're fluctuating between sixty six hundred and sixty seven hundred weekly listeners for the podcast. So we're growing, mm-hmm. it just so so tinily, but we're growing over a year. It's tinily. taken this long. Is that a Twitter word? Okay. Tinily, <laughs> it, it's, it's it's a forty two hundred and one. Forty two hundred and one. Look at that. <laughs> That's wow. amazing. That's impressive. Well, so we, we got guys that like that. right here at the, the guys table. He would be the Notice how we <laughs> leave our phones in our pockets. Yeah, we got That's right. Uh, I'm following 4,460, and we have 4,242 <laughs> coaches, the 2,442nd follower. Yeah, yeah. 42. Do I win? Uh, I you're also enthralled that you must still follow back. You know, you got to what you at any phones and and on a radio. You guys can multitask. It's awesome. Would it be? How would it be different if we actually communicated directly, face to face? I'm sorry, I'm on the Twitter. What you say? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, if you, how would it be different if we did that? But but if you take a look at communication throughout the history of the world, right? It, From UG to now. well, it was first. It was all first uh, written, right? Scribbled on the cave walls or whatnot, yeah. right? That's how they communicated. And then we started to verbalize things. We don't know that. <laughs> and now, and now we're back to. We don't. We well, there. we're assuming right. that that's where it started because right. that's what we can see. And now that's we're what back we were to school. written communication. Though, yeah, we're that's true. That. We're not talking again. We're writing. right. We're back to written communication. We have a duck. We have a duck. Can you silence that? <laughs> it is silenced. Well, now, but it was just cracking, so... Well, I can't help it when it... You haven't figured out how to tell it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You need a teenager. Put that thing back in your pocket. I don't know. We need a fifth grader. We need a fifth grader. I'm sorry. Let 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 Kent finish. Well, and, and so, so the thought is, uh, maybe the verbal communication was just a piece in between the way we're really supposed to communicate, and that's through writing. I mean, all the big stories, the Bible, all those things mm-hmm. handed down. We got we got writings, right? And well, they were handed down verbally before they became writings. The oral traditions were very strong, and the reason they were so strong in the days of old and days of ancients is because that was the way it got handed down, mm-hmm. as opposed to now people realize that the oral communication is not as essential because things are written down and documented. So we treat the oral communication with a greater, uh, less formality and a greater level of casualness. Well, because when you retell a story, you retell it through your own interpretation mm-hmm. and things change over time. Right, and so the so the, so the the matter of it really comes back to is that I, I think to Pete's point is that is the communication vetted? Is the communication thoughtful? Is the communication the same, whether it's written or verbally communicated in the current age as opposed to perhaps days of old, assuming it ever was? Assuming it, and, and that is 
That is my point because to me, and okay, we have. I, how did I know that, Pete? We were so good together. You, <laughs> we are. You guys you know, talk we're all like, the week. You must. How we know? If your name wasn't John, tweet. we'd be two Pete's in a pod. <laughs> we do. Well, 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 we do well. feel like we look in a mirror, don't we? Almost. Yeah. Pretty close. When I look in a mirror, I always see a dark-haired Italian with a goatee staring back. <laughs> so, that, that should concern you on uh, and many of them. <laughs> Is the music slowly going to climb here? Should I bring it's back the ducks? The fact that they, <laughs> learning that they share a brain Now, with regard to all this stuff that I see, like you, you saw your friend who shot something out that made you think, "Good Lord, what a dumbass!" Pull your head out of there. You're going to need that orifice later for something more important after you've had lunch. Yeah. Way, to stretch, wow. way to stretch it out, though. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to paint a picture. I don't know if I did. A vivid picture. Buy him a glass belly button. That's what you so, Bob Ross could have done better. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. When you look at these tweets, when you look at Facebook posts, all you see are the words. You don't see what's in the eyes of someone. You don't see what's the in the body language. You don't see, you don't hear the tonation, the tonality, mm -hmm. and fluctuation. You, you assign all of that that's internal to that written piece of communication that you receive. Everything that you receive written coming across is always tainted or reviewed and held by your own internal interpretation of what you're receiving. You read that tweet, you're going to apply your own emotions. You're going to read that Facebook post, you're going to apply your own tonality. You read a simple email from someone that may have been sent with you know, no more intent than to say, face, yeah. yeah, hey, you know what, not right now, no thanks, I appreciate it, but, you know, all you hear is, no, not right now, God, you suck. Right. Um, it's, you're internalizing these things, and so you assign that there. So how much is missed, mm -hmm. absent the intent, the tonality, the feeling, emotion, whether it is true anger uh, true, you know, malevolence, or if there is absolute joy and positivity behind a communication. Uh, uh, how much do you miss over all this stuff? Well, it's been generally accepted that 7% of all communication is verbal, 38% is influctuation, intonation, and 55% of all communication is, is nonverbal body actions mm -hmm. control. So if all you have is words, then you're missing 93% of the conversation. And if you're trying to adjust that by emojis mm -hmm. or this, you can never find the right emoji to really put out how you feel. So unless you're a wordsmith who can properly communicate your emotions, mm -hmm. then you're missing 93% of the conversation by sticking on Twitter, Facebook, um, and, and has anyone ever done research to the issue? That's traditionally, Coach, as you were saying. Right. Now we have the additional component of additional. the need of... Thank you, Mr. Northwestern. Appreciate the help. The, there's the, uh, the, the I can I can give you a hard time. Can I? Can I? Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. You. Bring it, please. <laughs> then, then you have the initial twit. You I am chastised. Uh, then you. Then we have the additional component of the need like to get it out there now to respond right. now. Why? Because in 30 minutes. 
it's old three hours, whatever, it's old news. Right? So now there's the pressure to respond now, 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 as opposed to thoughtfully communicating. If we thoughtfully communicate in writing, we lose 93% or whatever it is. If we react just like that, we lose what, 98? You see what I'm saying? But here again, uh, I think part of that is hello. Am I, am I ducks are bothering people? Wow. This is Thanks why we should ban phones uh, <laughs> during showtime. No, my, my, uh, my thought was that, that uh, here again, uh, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with whether or not you know the person or whether you don't. As you said this morning, you, you know, you, uh, your, your friend tweeted something that bothered you, but you know him. So you may have known, you may have some idea of what kind of an emotion that set him off to send that that tweet. Uh, was it a joke? Was it, uh, you know, was it something that uh, uh, he was serious about, or was it something else? Uh, on the other hand, if it's something that you're looking at that that uh, let's say Donald Trump uh, uh, sends out. Well, there's there's a totally different uh, again, totally different attitude. Mm-hmm. So, are, uh, can we infer from our knowledge of the person or non knowledge of the person what they're trying to say? I think it certainly gives you more context if you know the person, but you still have the issue of misinterpretation because you don't know what they're thinking. You can't see what's on their face. If, they, if the guy said the same thing to Bill in person, he might have a completely different interpretation of what the message was because he does get all the nonverbal. Because I agree the research that Coach talked about is so true. And, you know, when you think about fights that you get in, 99% of the time it's not the words that were said, it was how it was said, the tone, and the intent behind it is often more destructive than the words. We have a slow riser over here, Kent. Go, Kent. Go, Kent. Kent. Go, Kent. Go, Kent. My grandmother, God rest her soul, beautiful penmanship. Cursive. Cursive. Absolutely gorgeous, right? But at no time did I ever read one of her letters and think that she was mad. Right. We have been programmed to say anything on social media is idiotic and against what I believe in. So we read every twit or tweeter... We read every social media post with the fact to say, I'm going to argue against this because that's the way I've been programmed. Now, speak for yourself. If you see... Human nature is either agree or disagree. Yeah. And, and the, the issue, if you see a post from somebody that you don't... Normally agree with. <laughs> Normally agree with. You're not. You're going to look at that and go, idiot, right? You're going to have a friend who, who posts something that you don't agree with, and then you 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 get all it ruins your day. This is how we've been programmed with social media, right? You don't look mm-hmm. at things and go, man, I can't wait to hear from John today. Mm-hmm. Nobody right? says that. Nobody, now, which nobody's ever seen. Now, what, <laughs> what happens is we approach these with a negative already built in. And, and what now people do is instead of going, uh, boy, I'm talking with John, and I'm probably going to get punched in the face for saying this, uh, but now I can just I can put it out there, and I'm not going to get punched in the face. 
right? Mm-hmm. I might get some people to respond back. So I don't think, I, I think people well, are... Well, it's not until they see it next time, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't been yet, right? But but I think that more people, are <laughs> more people are programmed, more people are programmed to look at these things and approach them negatively before they approach that. them positively. Yeah, I agree with that. Before you read I, them. I agree with that. I, 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 not having a Twitter account, sure. never receiving tweets from anybody by choice. Right? Uh, I, uh, I don't understand why people have so voluntarily given up artistic, effective writing. Right. I was about to use the word articulation. Thank you. So on the money. So some mm-hmm. folks articulate much more clearly, uh, much more flowery or, 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 or more strongly uh, through word, spoken words, and then there are those who are wordsmiths who can write beautifully, and and, and you know folks who write speeches, you know, for for our politicians and things. Who ignore them? You know, um, yeah, you know, we talk about how well this president delivered this speech and how well he delivered that speech. Well, those were well written words. But they were also well-spoken words, so it's articulation. Now we've, I think, we've lost articulation <clears throat> with the, the types of communication. You talk about uh, your grandmother writing so beautifully and scriptively, and and that's gone. That's mm-hmm. not even taught anymore. I mean, right. not only is, is are people not writing very well anymore, but um, there you look at any of these Twitter, Facebook, anybody, and they're not even using, you know, they're. There's all kinds of different ways to express or say words and things like that without spelling them correctly. You know, or, yeah. or intentionally not spelling Intentionally it because it's easier. It's well, quicker. Well, another thing that I think that the Twitter universe has done is, and this is part that bugs me about it, is now we focus way too much on what people say and way too little on what people do. Because we get so Whoa, caught up in yeah. what people are saying all the time. And I'm always like, I don't what they say means nothing to me at the end of the day. What do they do? What is the impact they have? Do they do good? Because um, some people sound terrible all day long when they tweet or whatever, but they might be out there doing great works every day as well. And to me, we've lost the ability to recognize that well, what typically people do the people is more who aren't out there saying anything because they're doing it. They're, that's, in some cases, that's well, true, yeah. So they're uh, not on Twitter. They're, they're not on no, Facebook. No, they can't be. You know, I'm not going to say you, they can't but be. You but look at, you look at... You know, look at some somebody like even like Elon Musk, who's mm-hmm. into so many things. He's a doer. Yeah. You don't see him posting on Facebook or Twitter or anything. I don't have time for that crap. You know, I'm doing stuff. He's got right. people for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My dad taught me something very young. He said, "When all is said and done, more is usually said than done. Mm-hmm. Be a doer, not a sayer." Yeah. And, well, uh, not only that, but the the thing that I learned once that uh, uh, was taught to me very. It was, it was kind of a backhanded way to do it, but when you put things in writing, I don't care if it's on Twitter, if you're putting it into a letter, if you're putting it into a, uh, a formal proposal to somebody, you're memorializing that forever. Yeah. I mean, that is, now, you're, now your words are etched in stone. And if those words are etched improperly or in, incorrectly, then the person that is reading that can, and as you say, misinterpret. Mm-hmm. Something I want to pick up on what Kent said earlier, I think it's really important uh, that it brought something to my mind, is when he was talking about his grandmother's penmanship and the letters that mm-hmm. she wrote. 
there's also an issue, there's something in this life called economy of effort. And in the days of old, in our grandparents' days, great-grandparents, there was an effort, a true genuine effort that was required, an expenditure of time and actual resources to craft a letter, to craft a message. It wasn't cheap, it wasn't free, and it wasn't easy. And therefore, the people that wrote perhaps gave greater consideration to the things that they wrote because they couldn't just bang it out on a keyboard, hit delete, go back, do it again. What they did is they poured out from their mind or their heart, out their fingers to that piece of parchment or paper, is was something that was important because it would take them a considerable amount of time. And back in the days of old, when you took the time to sit and write a letter, you know what you weren't doing? You weren't earning a living for your family. You weren't taking care of your five, six, seven kids. You weren't out there slaughtering the chickens and tending to the crops or doing the things that you needed to do to, in order to survive and just provide a roof over your head. So to take the time to write a letter was of critical importance because there were other things that you needed to do not out of luxury or because of convenience or enjoyment as we have so much of these things today in modern existence in America. But you needed to do things that were a part of your existence. Mm -hmm. And to take that time away from those those survival tasks and chores and obligations, to sit down and pen a letter, it was important. And you wanted to make sure, to everyone's point here, you wanted to make sure you represented yourself well. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't something cheap. It wasn't something easy. Yeah. It wasn't fast. And that economy of effort mattered. Now... There is no economy of effort. You can say what you want to say. You can do what you want to do. A person no longer has to employ the emotional and intellectual discipline of Abraham Lincoln, of writing your letter, as angry as you are at General McClellan, taking that letter, putting it in your pocket, sleeping on it, and then the next day, if you still feel the same way, having slept on it, prayed about it, thought about it, then you put it in the mail. Agreed. I. Uh, on a much more simplistic level, when you take a pen and you're writing on paper, your brain is out there about three sentences ahead of where you are because you don't want to have to realize that you misspelled something, that you chose the wrong word. Scratch outs are, are not cool. No. Right? To actually think something through before you get it out of your mouth or your hand, in this case. Is, is something that people are losing track of. It scares the hell out of me. I think one of the worst things that happened to the human race is destructive back, backspace. You, you deleting backspace, mm -hmm. right? I don't care if I get it right the first time. I yeah. don't care. Delete, anymore. delete, delete, delete. Right. Oh, that's what spell check is for. Exactly. And right. people still don't use it. No, they don't. <laughs> it uses me. I, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's, a, it's amazing that it... it I, I, to me, it's a pet peeve. I, I try very hard never to send an email or, or anything and put out there that isn't spelled correctly. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not even making that effort, then then because because if I'm reading stuff that I can tell that person didn't make that effort, I, it means nothing. You're not putting any effort into it. And it's also a way for us to see when somebody is nefarious, right? We receive spam. 
and we receive these emails to click on things to, to you know, all of a sudden they gain control of our computer or, or, or download some worm or something. Um, and how do we tell that they're, they're false? Misspellings. They're misspellings. Right. Uh, scary stuff. Well, it's... It, I'm sorry, go ahead. And spell checker doesn't work. I mean, it's it's a it's a great after check. It's a great up. you know. Depends uh, on, on on Word documents. It works it, it works very well, but on your phone, not so much because you've hit a number of times. At that's the way I want to send it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, your so phone now that, that, you now that becomes acceptable. Yeah, how many <laughs> how many times have we sent things that we didn't want to go out because spell checker had its way with us? And the other right? thing well, is true. grammatically, true. you know, grammar check doesn't work that great. But gra I mean. I learned the hard way when I first was working with the Civil Tension Twitter account not to call people out on their grammar nor their spelling because uh, I saw some things and post some tweets that were that were opined they were they were opinions but I agreed and I thought wow that's really cool but oh you, you said Y-O-U-R instead of Y-O-U apostrophe R-E <laughs> uh, you said T-H-A-N instead of T H E N. Right. Uh, I'm, you know, mm, sorry. Uh, you said there, T H E R E, instead of, you know, they are, T H E Y apostrophe R E. And does that diminish the message for you? It, it does. Completely. <laughs> it does for me. Well, it does. It does and and I, I learned the hard way because I said, wow, you know, love the sentiment, but here, you fix that, then I'll retweet it. Mm -hmm. Oh my lord. That oh, actually, you, huh? it had helped us gain quite a number <laughs> of followers. I think we gained a little over 500 followers in one night from that. But the backlash off of that that I got, I showed up. It, it tells you how many times you're mentioned or whatever. <laughs> People bashing me for being a grammar and a spelling Nazi, Nazi. Yep. and how evil and how bad I was. And, oh, you must be a scab or a spy or a, you know, you're a fake, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're oh, wow. someone from the left who's trolling these, I'm like, dude, it just, Mr. he used Perfect. the wrong freaking thing. Like um, <laughs> it was, I, I just know, pointed it out, I sorry. just pointed it out, and then, uh, but I learned, and then, you know, I was mentioned it to my son, and my been a middle son, guy. Luke, and my, my daughter, and they're like, oh yeah, you don't correct spelling or grammar on Twitter. And that's why, that's why verbal was so much better than written, because you can't write. There are three ways to write the word, too. Right. right. Yeah, write the sentence. <laughs> There's something also that, that, that Kent uh, mentioned earlier. Kent's really been a great source for my brain this morning. I want to he thank you for that. Imagine what's going on in here, hanging out with him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone has their cross the bear coach, and at some level, you got to check that free will to make a better decision. So, anyway, <laughs> no, no, no taking it. That that's that's great. Let me tweet that. that was <laughs> Try to spell it right. Twitter who tweeted a tweet. Find a Twitter who tweeted. So let John get his thought out here. I have no point. The matter of when I was growing up, on Sunday mornings, I would watch the three, the big three news shows: NBC, ABC, CBS. 
Tim Russert was someone, and I can't mm-hmm. remember. Maybe Sam Donaldson was another with Cokie Roberts. Are these names ring yeah, a bell? They're not that old. Yeah. I watched well, Clutch Cargo old, and his pals. Old, <laughs> old enough, right? And and so the the matter that what I remember from those shows is that the, you would have people that would come on to discuss a given topic of the day, and they would have one from one side of the aisle, one from another side of the aisle, and it really didn't make any difference how reasonable the given position put out there happened to be they were always at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were there with their talking points. They were there with their hit list. They were there with their, right, buzzwords, as we would call them now, keywords. And I want to push back on something that Kent said earlier. So I've agreed with Kent and given him some love, and I'm still going to give him some love, and it's just a little mm-hmm. bit different. Now I'm going to let you. No, no, that is, no, that, is that, that I think that, that, that we have, that if we believe that we are now newly programmed to respond and disagree and all this and that because of social media, I would very gently push back that we've had examples of this since, you know, time Point counterpoint, right? Point counterpoint. Regardless as to how reasonable position would be for someone to say, you know, I really think that that? this is an important thing that we should do. Well, I wouldn't have any problem about doing that except if we could make sure that it was administered responsibly, fiscally, conservatively, if things were being done at the right levels, state versus Fed, this and that. It was never a reasoned conversation of that nature. It was always, no, you're wrong as a train load of dead cats, blah, blah, blah. There was never, it was always this way in so many ways. So I think that social media just amplifies and gives and gives. <laughs> that oh, my duck. Oh, the phone yeah. Nazi. Wow. I was doing so well until <laughs> that point. <laughs> how Ken's, how old do you have to be to have a duck? Ken's thinking to himself, oh, that's what you think. Right, no, and I, and I, and I you agree. Know, dead duck uh, is coming to mind right now. When it's point counterpoint, right? Yeah. When, right? When I know that this person is a, a bit uh, uh, on the other side of the coin that I am, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it's to the point now, too, I think, that where a good friend, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I pull it up and I go, oh, I can't believe this guy, is, you know, or what's going on, the, you know. And they just respond as opposed right. to reading. Right. And for example, I mean, something. I'm, a, I'm an MCU fan, right? And and within the MCU, there's Team Iron Man, Team Cap. I'm a Team Cap guy. Always, I, mean, I always like the character. But recently I've started thinking to myself, maybe not. That's a big conversion for me. Why? Because Chris Evans took it upon himself to say, you know something, Tom Brady quarterback of the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. if you really do support Trump, I'm going to have to possibly sever my friendship with you. Sincerely, mm-hmm. really. He, he said did. he put yeah. this out there in social media. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the issue. Social media has given amplification right. to the thing that we've always seen has sure. always been there. But it's the politicalization of friendships, of relationships, that has just become so toxic. Then you couple that with the amplification, and it seems to just have taken on a life of its own. It, does anyone else see this, or is it just... Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, go ahead. Well, I, just let me ask this. What's the underlying internal purpose of, of, of you know, going against something? You know, so I can't stand what that guy tweeted or what that guy put or person put on Facebook or anything else, so I'm going to spout off. And, and, you know, the underlying person, are you trying to... Uh, just get known for having an opinion or trolling or are are you sincere or are you trying to prove that you're smarter you know more and that's a lot of what we do Mm -hmm. and we're constantly doing that we always think in our heads so that goes to the issue of motive right yeah because because ultimately I can just 
turn ch- turn off the TV, but change the channel. But here here's here's when it's out there. When you when you put it out there, John and I can have a conversation, and and John, because you're the biggest idiot, Kent. You have no idea what you're talking about. And it's between us, right? Now, when I tweet it, it's between all of us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now... No, it's only between you three, because you're the only ones that are... My <laughs> <laughs> phone hasn't gone off yet. Yeah. Anyway, right? Uh, so now it's out there for everybody. So now my thought, which I would have shared with you one-on-one, mm-hmm. now is dealt with whoever follows you or whatever algorithm yeah. you're in. Right. So now, I'm in, uh, now you're letting everybody know that I'm an idiot... Mm-hmm. Throughout the world, as if we didn't know. Right. So now we know that he's an idiot throughout the world. Coach has had his hand up for a bit here, so go right ahead there. We Great have one. this innate need to be right. Ooh, yes. I yeah. am right, and my opinion is right, and everything I do is right. And when I understand and find out that I was wrong, now. I just go right even louder because now I have to I have to defend it, I have to prove it. And even at some point when we're going, oh crap, there it's wrong. Every argument is not a hundred percent one way or the other. Right. You know, the 50-50 arguments are the are the most fun because it can go either way. The 60-40s, the 70-30s, we start we start moving. And then one day we just got to go, and this comes from being married for 44 years. That <laughs> and being wrong child, for 44 years. And being wrong for 45. <laughs> um, it, but the truth of the matter is, that's where it comes from, that emotion. Well, I am right. If we would take a second and look, you know, how many t- times and how many different ways have we said, if I would only walk a mile in his shoes, if I'd only wear his moccasins, if I would see life from his perspective before I throw my perspective out there, how much easier would life be? And it comes back to what you said earlier, do it respectfully. I respect your point. This is my belief, and this is where my belief comes from, and I just ask you to respect mine too. But today, it's all about, all right, the gloves are off. Black and white. There's no gray, but we go back to an old episode, and I think you brought this up in an old episode, but John, but I I won't tag you with it, but um, I already did, didn't I? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But we're talking about we're the only species that we know that strive to be perfect. And, and and there are many folks who feel that you know that they are perfect, who are. you know, because and so therefore our opinion is always right. I mean, when you start talking percentages, say seven percent uh, verbal and thirty eight percent that and fifty five percent that, and I'm gonna and I'm sitting here thinking automatically, go, what the hell came up with those numbers? Well, that's what Harvard research. Yeah, those are research, but I think, uh, but I agree with. <laughs> so it's irrefutable. Further questions, Your Honor. Yeah, the research on the verbal communication is yeah, that's pretty clear. <laughs> Numbers lie like there's no business. Ninety-eight percent of all facts are made up on the spot. So we as, and I think this, I will uh, put a lump more of us men into this category than women. Jerry can tell me if she feels women do the same thing, but we as men, I think, even struggle more with being wrong. We act, we act as if being wrong is a weakness. If, we're just, if we find out we're wrong about something, it's like a, it's, there's something wrong with us now, rather than just saying, I was wrong. Okay, next point. But men don't do that very well. We don't deal with being wrong. I told John the other week I was wrong. When yeah. he pointed out, I was wrong. Absolutely. And, so, <laughs> and so, I agreed. And right. that's happened like once. And I, wrote, and, I, 
and I, I wrote that down in my diary. Yeah, my diary. It was yeah a you, red red you memorialized that, it didn't was you? A red yeah. You keep a diary? Yeah. I don't think no. that I'm surprised it's I even remember. for women. You know, that's I think, why I wanted to I think women day. have a hard time saying they're I'm wrong. wrong yeah. Maybe even more they're than doing. men do. Wait, yeah, right. Don, you've been married a while. What are you talking about? Well, I just... Let Jerry respond to Don. No, no. Keep talking over me. It's all good. Well, you go. You go. She won that one. Miss Passive Aggressive I, Queen, you know. <laughs> I, wasn't, I was listening intently. Please. I don't think it's any different for women. I think it's very difficult for women to, to say. I think it's different, difficult for people, regardless mm-hmm. of gender, to admit that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Because that puts us in a, a position of weakness. And nobody wants to appear weak when they're trying to deal with anything in public or outside of your own home and even in your own home people don't want to come from a position of weakness but why do we think of why do we think that being wrong puts us in a position of weakness because we're taught that bingo and it's and it's a good answer good answer ding 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 ding. no but i agree we are taught that it's also a a matter of that we have our 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 identities Mm -hmm. our sense of well-being our sense of self everything is is attached to this idea of being right yeah Daniel Pink wrote a tremendous book, uh, and it was so good I can't remember, but Coach does. And one of the overlying concepts of the thing is sometimes you got to say it out loud to get it right. Mm-hmm. And in this age of social media, you have to get it right perfect the first time. And a component of that, again, back to Kent's point with regards to uh, if, if I were to say something that, you know, Kent's the biggest idiot there ever was, or if he were to say something, I'll turn the tables, and let's say that Kent said that about me and we, you know, he was very aggressive and the gloves came off. I am within my liberty to say, you know something, Kent, I can appreciate what you're saying, but I choose in my free will not to engage in this conversation Mm -hmm. with you. I'm going to withdraw from this as a gentleman Mm -hmm. and my identity, my sense of self is not connected or associated with that. My position has to be that if you're right, about a given topic or a given issue, that I can learn something about that. It doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong. It matters do we come to a good outcome, whatever we decide socially to define that as. So, so once you get your once you get your skin in the game, so to speak, <coughs> boom. Then now you're emotionally vested. You can't you can't back off. Right. That we all know somebody who gets. So I have a very close relative. Won't say it over the radio because. <laughs> Any chance you might hear it? Relative by marriage? Um, no, no, it's a no but, but uh, she drops the gloves instantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right or wrong, doesn't matter. Drops the gloves instantly and is ready to go at it big time. And don't even mess with me mm-hmm. attitude. And it's like, I, I, I never want to have a conversation with yeah. you. I never want to. No. Because, you know, it doesn't matter. Because you're just going to. Say whatever you want to say, and and you're going to scream over everybody else, and and you're you're willing to, you know, stomp out or kick somebody out, or, or you know, I mean, it's just it's amazing the level that some people will go to to fight and, to and fight the admittance of being wrong. And what is the and what is the benefit that they gain from that? They get all the emotion, the gloves come off, and all the rest of the stuff happens. And what what inch of ground have they gained for themselves? And if they None. did gain an inch of ground, to what beneficial outcome? None. None. They become, None. Crazy. They become lonely people. Coach, yeah. I know Bill just triggered you. something for you. You're dying to spit it out. So spit it out, and then I want to say something. Thanksgiving here. dinner, Christmas dinner, all the emotion leading up to it, and that one thing always triggers that that family holiday argument. 
And I got to the point of, of really watching these and, and laying odds with one of my brother-in-laws of who's going to start it and who's going to be involved. And uh, we, would, we would exchange 10, 20 bucks every holiday over this. Well, one, one Christmas when Michael Jordan had come back to play with the Wizards, and one of my sister-in-laws said something to the effect of, oh, he's just doing it for the money. And uh, he didn't have any. He was. Right, he was, yeah. he was a poor, you know, child from the south side mm -hmm. of the city. Uh, I was right in the middle of it. And my brother-in-law comes up to me and he goes, Give me your money. <laughs> if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> you get called on your own stuff. But <clears throat> that emotion... You know, all this, the Christmas dinner has to be perfect. The life has to be perfect. Everything has to be perfect. I, when I'm officiating weddings, I say one thing. Today you got on the same team. Tomorrow you'll be on opposing benches. They said, how many of you in the, in the congregation right now have had a discussion bordering on an argument this morning about time? Are you just getting in the shower now? You have to run to the store now? <laughs> how many of you have had a discussion bordering on an argument about what one of the other years were. You're not wearing the brown shoes or the blue pants, are you? These are the stupid things that always create the arguments. The big stuff, oh, we've got cancer, we got a bankruptcy. We, we work through those in life. Whether it's a personal relationship or it's a bigger relationship, we get through these things. It's always the stupid little stuff that bites us, but it bites us because all of the other things build up on us. Right, but while you're arguing, now up, I, I, I tweet out hashtag brown shoes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go back to something John said. Can I, can I interrupt you just a second here? Yeah, peace no, the, 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 the cool thing about all of this and how this ties, we've been talking about how people use Twitter and how we communicate Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, there's Instagram, there's, uh, you know, all these other things, YouTube even. YouTube's a little bit different in that it's all video. But uh, the cool thing is in talking about all of these reactions, all of these considerations, everything we don't do that we used to do, the emotion and then the level of thought all boils down to two really tiny things, tiny, tiny, tiny things that all of these social platforms have done an amazing job at capitalizing on because it evokes everything we've been talking about, is the id and the ego. Mm -hmm. Two tiny little things. And the ego is that sense you're all talking about that has to be right. Everybody's got it. The id is the emotion. It's how you react and immediately have to get into it. Or, just, or you know, if you've got some semblance of control over that and can put your id in check. So you've got your id and your ego. And so many people... Let those two things run wild because of the simple things they hear, see. Brown shoes with a black belt would drive me up a freaking wall. Uh, Doesn't matter what color Double. the pants are. <laughs> That's right. Brown <laughs> shoes go with a brown belt. Good thing you don't black have any major go problems with in your life. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> your pants. And you don't so wear suspenders with a belt. So we're going to get into the I learned that one the hard way. Or tall dark because I had a belt that didn't fit and pants that didn't fit once upon a time. So I wore suspenders I didn't to hold them all up. I know I was doing this podcast with just small anyway. people. Never, never trust a man wearing yeah. suspenders yeah. and a belt. He's really hiding something. Let me tell you what. He's not hiding anything. Are we? So the whole point, though, of this oh, there was one? is <laughs> if you can get down to what all of you have been talking about, and if you have, if you can find the joy in being wrong, because let me tell you, when you when you discover you've done something wrong 
and it's hilarious. It is joyful because been there, done that. And if you can go ahead and revel in your own wrongness, it can be it's a lot of fun. Wonderful. <laughs> it can be so much fun. But so many people, I don't think, can probably won't ever get there. And we see hundreds of thousands of millions of them on Twitter, on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever little thing you want to be out there on. Not unalignable, though. It's it's amazing (laughs) to me that we see so many people who can't look beyond or look into those two tiny little things. One of the very few good things about getting old. (laughs) You write more often? You, uh, you keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> I, I, I was I was the poster boy for impatience and immediate reaction and, no. and over you know could possibly be right. <laughs> no. I and, don't believe it. ADHD. There's no way. OCD, I believe it. But I I I, I, I have learned uh, and I've been taught uh, recently and and uh, sort of tuned up a little bit. Of, about the joy that comes sometimes from taking the time to think something through. Figure out that maybe there's something to this. Actually, get inspired to the point where you do a little research. You find out you're dead wrong, mm-hmm. and you can sit there saying, wow, I learned something today. It's That was a lot of fun, right? And then you get to surprise your your friends. Right? <laughs> so, so how does that work, Candy? You, you, you look at the guy who just tells you something, and you go, "Hold on, before I reply to that remarkably stupid comment, let me think this through because there might be right. something there." Let me, look not, so the other, let me look around Google first. But the other thing to do is start out your response instead of just going right at the jugular by saying, "John, thanks. I really appreciate your opinion or thought on this." Mm-hmm. Now. As right. dumb as it may be. I'm still going to work around. You're right. I'll do that. Yeah. I will I will throw things out there just Brings to get a conversation down. started. Yeah. And you'll get a bunch of people just battling each other. And then I say, hey, you know what? I really appreciate both of your opinions mm-hmm. on this. They don't know what to say. And then they read that and go, oh, I've kind of been a jerk about yeah. Yeah. Uh, this. And but, but when you thank them for that, because if I'm if I'm speaking with you, you see that I'm listening and I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. But when I just go in and start writing my response, then you don't see that. Now it's a fight. But right? you know, the other thing too is that, that we've always said that people want to have their little 15 minutes of fame, if you would. Okay, And it seems like when you have an account like Twitter or Instagram or whatever else, and you put something out there that you think is really good, you're you're patting yourself on the back, you know. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> I had a guy who used to tell me, he said, don't wear your don't wear your arm out patting yourself on the back mm-hmm. because that's uh, one of those things that where you get to the point where you're doing that and you're doing it so often that you forget that pretty soon your back's gonna hurt. Yeah, that's how Kent threw his out. Yeah, like, look at Jerry right there. Too bad this is not. We <laughs> got to throw this up on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I do have a live channel now. There it is. Another, uh, another but you know, there's, 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 there can always be two sides. I mean, there's nothing ever 100 percent correct on either side. I mean, as simple as as, as Donald Trump, you can have arguments all day long about the things that he does poorly or that he's we we could consider 
bad things, but there's also many things that he does well mm-hmm. and that he's good at. And, and you know, and, but yet we have this strong division, black and white nowadays. It's no, he's either all wrong or he's all mm-hmm. right. And it, I, I grew up, you respect the office. Whether yeah. you like the guy or not, you don't True. do this. Today, we that's have gone. no problem. Today, people say that's a bailout. Yeah. Well, that's, if you think he's the one tweeting, too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, president of the free world is well, sitting there on his Twitter. One of the he's things, probably yeah. speaking to somebody to do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I wrote down, Pete, I was glad you talked about the, the kind of valuing. I just wrote down, we view, you know, finding out or being wrong as, as a loss. It's a gain. And we don't okay. recognize it as a potential gain. And if we did, we'd probably be a little op- be more open because we're so afraid of being wrong, we won't even listen. Um, and But it's because we think we've lost something if it we're wrong. It might cost you $218. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but you're going to learn. That's right. To leave that on the dashboard. Yeah. Last, last night's game. The $218. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a long one, but it's a good one. A, after last night's game, I went to the video, and I spent about two hours making notes on the video and posted. So when the, my athletes watch it today, they'll see the note. And my first hour was spent critiquing mistakes that we made instead of going through and encouraging some of the great things we right. did. And I caught myself about halfway through that and went, oh. You know, we we got to do both. You can learn from a loss. We, sure. you know, as a coach, we we get that. Mm-hmm. But you can also learn and repeat the things that are praised. Uh, so I spent the next hour. My wife came up about one thirty this morning. She's like, uh, "You're still on the computer." I said, "Yeah, I had to correct something." <laughs> you know, I was wrong. So, so I was like, wrong. <laughs> we all grew up with that saying, "You know, two wrongs don't make a right." And and like in the coaches, two lefts do. Players <laughs> playing. Wrongly or poorly or whatnot, and then a coach jumping on top of them and telling them how badly they're playing and screaming at them instead of saying, "Hey, we got to make some adjustments. We need to, you know." So that's the two wrongs don't make a right. You know, I've seen this a lot in the coaching world. You know, when I in the business world too, people don't learn from their successes. Exactly. There was one of these little books about management. I I wish I could give credit for it, but but the big thing that I I took away from that little book was. When you have a, a difficult employee relationship, find something, catch them doing something right. Mm-hmm. Minute manager, can if you, one minute manager does something. You can't be a bullshitter when you do that. It's got to be something they really yeah. did right. Genuine, genuine, right. real. But you're really them. good at. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, I wrote yeah. it down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag brown shoes. <laughs> Coaching 101 is always you start with a butt pat and then you and then you get in more. Every successful Again. coach in the world does that, even at the pro level. Enter on the personal. And minute the minute 53, we took a sudden turn into yeah. Biden. Yeah. Biden butt jokes. So what's, in, what's interesting? What's interesting about this? Um, this, uh, this idea of uh, having to be right is that it would seem that everyone thinks that there's so much that hangs in the balance mm-hmm. to being right. And that, my goodness, if I am not absolutely correct about excoriating a person with a MAGA hat on, then, you know, I have a problem. And so there was someone out in Palo Alto. She worked in a music shop. She excoriated this guy who came in with a MAGA hat on. Mm-hmm. Boom, she lost her job over it. 
-hmm. Well, why did she do what she did? She did what she did because at some level, she firmly had to have believed at some level that all of Western society, at least as it existed in Palo Alto, hung in the balance of that interaction and that conversation. People don't understand that if we were, if we as a nation, as a culture, were allowed to frame our lives more in liberty, and I keep going back to the Tenth Amendment, that, look, if you don't like the way it is here in New York, you get to go and live where you want to live. If you want to live like that in New York, then you live like that in New York. I'll go to Texas, thank you. Leave me to myself. If you want to live like that in Houston, that's fine. I'll live differently in El Paso. If people in their liberty would just allow others to live in their liberty, can you imagine the amount of tension and fighting and all this would go not away. totally go away, but would be greatly reduced? Because if I don't, because there are only two things that exist in life. It's either liberty, you have the, the freedom to be yourself and end your rights where my nose starts, or there's coercion. That is, I'm right, you're wrong, and my only option, because my entire life hangs on the balance, I must coerce you. Mm -hmm. And that's done with what? Law, government, regulation, if need be, guns. It still doesn't work. Bullying. I don't, I don't I mean, Historically, okay. mankind has always lived with, with, with some kind of discrepancy. Sure. I mean, how often in, in the history of mankind has there been peace? <laughs> Uh, like I don't summer. know that there's ever the, been day one. Day right? one, but that, we love controversy. We thrive on it. We seek it out. Oh, we fall. We live in a fallen, broken world, and right. that is the nature. So when we read in Scripture that sin entered the world, it wasn't that it entered mankind. It entered every part of this creation. Every part of it. You've been a parking lot in Chicago. I truly could get to the point where you could live without your ego without any ego wrapping you back into being right, enjoying and thrilling and thriving on controversy, there would, I, I, I think that the world would probably be, by and large, remarkably boring. passive. And it would be boring, it would be calm. Mm -hmm. uh, because everybody, everybody and everything would live within uh, it, it, it would live within its own, John, like you like to say, within its own liberty, no matter what it is. Um, I still think that there is truly a balance between malevolence and benevolence, but your <laughs> ego is... The offering plate. Is, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there, you know, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get certain, it out. We get there are certain environments but, that require egos. I mean, I can't imagine standing in the But those environments things. probably wouldn't exist if we lived without the ego. Maybe not. I mean, I can't... Can't see standing in a trading pit of a thousand guys and not having a big ego because you get crushed. And and by or, to or, have or somebody high up in the yeah, corporate yeah. world. They probably wouldn't exist. Twitter yeah. wouldn't exist. We, Facebook wouldn't exist. We There'd be nothing to sell it. So executive vice so president. So have we talked about in the past that it's the tension between different elements that drive things forward. That if people mm -hmm. didn't have egos, they wouldn't perhaps take entrepreneurial risk. They wouldn't put themselves mm -hmm. out there, so on and so no. forth. And it's that tension mm -hmm. between the safety net versus the hammock, right, to, yeah. as an example, that moves the conversation forward. But what we're having is is that we're not allowing for that tension. We're saying, no, it has to be all this or it has to be all that. Well, that isn't the way things work. Mm -hmm. And and you well, hit a key thing right there. There are pressures. Then you hit a key thing because I use the words passive and calm when what I was trying to convey, which you just did very well, is stagnant. 
We would live in a stagnant world. If, if there was no ego, and if, there, and if everybody could live outside of an ego and outside of that id, it, I think, I truly think it would be a stagnant environment. It would just come to a grinding <coughs> halt because there would be no reason. Mm-hmm. All these things, there would be no drive. There would be no reason to, oh, I'm awake. What kind of ego so does it take to, so, to actually think you got to show up on a, on a uh, Friday morning and actually engage in this conversation? Well, what you're saying is there should be civil tension. Right. There Absolutely. should be. Right. Yeah, civil thank you. Right. Across civil the tension. globe. Uh, yeah. And again, civil tension. But tension. Right. That tension drives. That tension is a good thing. That was it's absolutely the thing. worst plug. It, it was. I've ever been associated I was trying to be We didn't even see it. Hashtag brown shoes. We got that one. Hashtag brown shoes. I think that's going to be the name of this episode. Hashtag brown shoes. That's a good name. Everybody, we're right at the hour. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this. This was a good one. I enjoyed it. I don't think there's going to be a lot of redacting. Thank you. That's because I was. It goes without saying, but thank you yeah. for saying yeah. it. I know. <laughs> You're wrong. This will be. I think yeah. so. I think this will be. I'll tweet you later. Okay. <laughs> this will be Quit. one of the, the least listened to episodes. And that's something for us to learn. That's right. Yeah. I think. Let's golf clap it out. Golf clap it out, everybody. Hashtag, bro. Hashtag. That's John, everybody. Enthusiastic.